0: Welcome to the Renegade Lifestyle podcast with me, George Pat, seeking to empower you with practical strategies and information to exit the matrix by speaking to experts and individuals making a difference. Quick plug, check out the um, Renegade Lifestyle membership, get access to our monthly research newsletter, live webinars, which is obviously packed with insider and detailed content from the team and special guests. We also help you build your own freedom business or location-independent income, improve health, spiritual journey, um, sort of guidance as well from the team who have been actively part of this sort of community, who have done the work, and much, much more. Our aim is ultimately to help you move away from a system that doesn't serve you, rise above the matrix, and be ungovernable. Today we are joined by Rayo of the Vonu podcast, which I had the pleasure to be on a couple months back, the podcast making you invulnerable to the coercion of the state and and the servile society. I had the pleasure of being a guest, as I said. Great guy. Uh, welcome to the show, Rayo. Thanks for joining. How's it going?
1: Hey, man. Uh, it's uh, great to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Yeah, we had a really, really great great conversation. Um, you know, it was kind of, uh, I didn't know who you were. It was, uh, you know, Matthew Ramer connected us. And, uh, you know, anything, Math- any, anyone Matthew points my direction, I know is going to be someone worthwhile. So um, that was obviously the case. And yeah, I'm good to, good to be here and good to have a, another conversation.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah, Matthew's great. Um, I'm still in contact with him quite heavily. He's just he's a great guy. We had him on the show as well he's he's doing some great work in tech as well. so yeah I mean it's great to have those connections and that's how it works, right? Um, sort of quick note to the listeners really just build the network you get to meet amazing people doing mm-hmm. amazing things. you learn from each other and um, I think building that community is uh, even though not in person, it's definitely something that's really beneficial to. To not the, I don't like saying movement, but to yourself and to to the community who are looking for freedom for sure. So, uh, yeah, Rayo, I guess we'll start with, like I do with most guests, is is the story behind your work and where you started and how you got to sort of be doing what you're doing now with Vonu and, um, yeah, basically your mm-hmm. path to where you are.
1: Sure, sure, yeah. Um, so uh, I guess my I, I, my my path started when I was, I guess, eight, 19 or twenty. I think I was eight, nineteen or twenty. Uh, I stumbled across, um, well, there was I stumbled across a documentary on Netflix called "9/11: Loose Change," um, which I wouldn't necessarily agree with everything in there now, but nonetheless, it was you know really important in setting me on, uh, you know, the the path that that, that I'm on today. Uh, not long after, I, I you know, I found uh, Bill Cooper, um, who did a uh, radio show back in the '90s called the "Hour of the Time," and I uh, wrote a book called "Behold a Behold a Pill Horse." And, uh, yeah, I was, I came across it when I was like 21. I was working at a uh, moving company. So I just packed people's houses. I had headphones in. I just listened to Bill Cooper for like eight hours a day. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely, definitely influential. And, um, so yeah, I, I've listened to basically all 2,000 hours of his archives, uh, which I think are still up. I hope are, are still up. And, um, yeah, I, uh, eventually in 2015, um, you know, I was looking around, you know, looking around for radio and podcasts and I really couldn't see anyone out there that was doing what Bill was doing. Um, you know, I guess I, I didn't see anyone that was out there, you know, um, you know, spreading the message of truth and freedom that he did. And, um, then, uh, so I kind of started, he was a constitutionalist, so, you know, more, more kind of a minarchist. Um, and, uh, so I, I started the, con- the started the, the podcast or the radio show in February of 2015, uh, kind of from that, that mindset. And, uh, then it wasn't, you know, much, it wasn't long after that, I came across, you know, some, you know, some agorists and free market folks. And, um, Then, uh, yeah, I went down the Austrian economics rabbit hole and, um, for about six months and I read, you know, human action and, you know, went really deep into those paths. And then eventually I got to a point where it's like I could go, I could go into all the nuance and the details and learn about the Austrian business cycle theory. And, but like, as it's like at that point, I was like, okay, the free market's the way to do it. Um, coercion's wrong. Like, what are we gonna do about it? And you know, in physical space and time. So very, very quickly, early on in my radio path, I I switched over. We did um uh, in 2016, we started what uh, what I called the, the direct action series. And we went like it was like six months. It was a six month uh, live radio series. Where we, you know, just covered solutions in depth, and it wasn't obviously as organized or coherent as what I put out now, I think. But um, nonetheless, that was like the the bit. My big my big first task was people would always ask, always ask me like, well, the, uh, so what do we do then? Like, if you have all the, if you have solutions, give us solutions. I was like, okay, here's like a hundred plus. Go have fun, and it was it was just the perfect thing. The perfect thing. Um. So yeah, I guess uh, soon after that, I found Vanu, um, which is briefly briefly defined as voluntary. Uh, I guess uh, it's an awkward contraction of the words: voluntary, not vulnerable. And um it's the it's basically becoming as invulnerable to coercion as humanly possible from the from public coercers, governments, and private coercers, just private individuals, you know, private viola, private private violators of person and property. And uh yeah, someone across that book and it was uh it was huge. You know, Rayo, Ray, the guy he uh, the guy was us, but went uh, by the pse- pseudonym of Rayo. People start start calling me Rayo, so I call myself Rayo too now. But um essentially, yeah, he uh this this random guy from the 60, the sixties this very obscure guy who um, no one would know about him if it wasn't for one you know crazy archivist kind of like me now I guess back in the seventies you know sixties and seventies doing it um, you know archiving libertarian zines but yeah this guy was a a radical freedom pioneer in the sixties he, he saw the world a lot like we do today back in the sixties um, and so much so that he took radical um, you know lifestyle changes to um, escape the tyranny of the servile society. And uh, he started as a van nomad, um, and uh, and really saw the saw viability and, no, uh, and mobility. Um, you know, I know we talked about on um, we talked about uh, you know I guess uh, strategic relocation um, in in our discussion. Um, well, he was uh, I guess he was an engineer, and he 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 made a lot of his money. He made his money in the states, and then went and I guess um, at times you know spent his money in you know Caribbean islands or um, you know Canada or somewhere else. So he he, he, he utilized mul- multiple jurisdictions. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he was, de- he, was, he was a van nomad and then uh, he realized that that wasn't enough freedom for him and uh, he decided to go live in a tent in the Siskiyou Forest, which is northern California, southern Oregon. So this guy was really, really radical um, back in the 60s and I guess kind of set the trajectory of like the most radical path of, that you really can take is a Vanuun, but obviously there's um, um, one of the mantras of Vanu is Vanu is yours for the making. Um, it's, very, it's very customizable, really, as long as you're taking steps to make yourself more invulnerable to coercion um, then you're a Venuin. Now Obviously, like it's a hard, it's a hardcore philosophy. So, like, um, I wouldn't just say like, like it, it wouldn't just be like that generic. But you, you can kind of get what I'm saying. If people are taking active steps to to increase their freedom or their invul- vulnerability to coercion, then yeah, they're they're essentially a new Vanu. Um, so yeah, um, I guess that's a, a brief overview of of Vanu. And uh, I guess to say so yeah, that was a 2016 when we started that podcast. And um, yeah, I guess since then it's just been. Um, it's it's I guess there there are a couple other big things too. I went to Acapulco for uh, for a couple months and lived there, and um, then came out here and started started the homestead here in Southern Illinois. Um, so yeah, now I'm I'm out here, 22 acres with uh, chickens, turkeys, and ducks. I got lambs and goats. Uh, we just processed our rabbits. So we had rabbits up until a couple months ago. And uh, we've got, you know, big gardens, um, lots of stuff. So, I mean, we're, uh, it's, uh, so it's, it's the start here for our node and the, and the Paznian network, the Second network that we're building. Um, and it's kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe the, uh, um, you know, maybe an example people can follow, you know, how to take a, how to take a homestead off grid. Because we're going really into, you know, really deep topic, you know, really big topics too. Because Second Realm is about rebuilding all of human society upon a foundation of peace, truth, and voluntarism. So, like, obviously, health and wellness, um, you know, food, uh, infrastructure, um. All of these things are super important. They're part of the human experience, and we need to we need to have our own. But uh, yeah, yeah, we got to build yeah, our own al- sure. al-
0: our own alternatives for sure. Yeah, I mean, you can see mainstream, uh, mainstream health, mainstream living, mainstream, uh, just pretty much everything is to basically counteract what you're naturally uh, made to do. Uh, in a sense of freedom, you're you're being limited on everything. They're trying to kill you. Their health systems. They're trying to limit you to having to rely on debt and banking for having a house that you want or you want, like I said, not need. Mm-hmm. And then it's interesting what you said before actually about information. A lot of people just gather so much information, uh, but don't take the active steps. Um, and I think this is, it is about mobilization and taking that first step to actually improve that in your own life. And then once you can uh, do that in your own life, you can then help others. Uh, and I think that's really how you spread the community to, to grow and to help, I, I guess, the world in, in general, right? Uh, eventually that is, well, that is the goal really, is to, uh, I guess, at first help yourself, but only to have the end goal of helping others. And um, yeah, it's great stuff what you're doing, incorporating mm-hmm. every single part of society, which is important. It's a holistic approach. Because uh, we have to take a holistic approach, in my opinion, uh, just all aspects of life and make sure that is in alignment and uh, definitely not aligned to the mainstream, which is basically the inversion of what is uh, what is good. So no, excellent stuff. So you mm-hmm. touched upon the second realm. You touched upon the second realm. I've seen it on your website. Um, mm-hmm. What does it mean? What does it mean to the viewers? Uh, sorry, to the listeners. Um Mm-hmm. So, what does the second realm actually entail and what, what, what's
1: the definition? Sure, sure. So, um, the second realm, as far as like this, the freedom context, I say, I guess there might be video games or something out there that use the terminology, but um, <laughs> at least in this, in this yeah. context, there's a book that was released called Second Realm Book on Strategy um, by, a guy na- by, by a guy named Smuggler and XYZ, whoever XYZ is. Um, but I've interviewed Smuggler a few times. He's on Twitter. He's, he's kind of he's out there. Um, really, you know, really hardcore crypto anarchist stuff, been doing this for a very, very long time. But uh, anyway, the, the idea of the second realm is, um, you know, basically recognizing and acknowledging that there are, you know, I guess, the, I guess, I guess, recognizing the the servility of the servile society um, and, and the coercion of it, and um, I guess trying to build, yeah, build that parallel society. So um, the first realm um, would be. Um, basically the i guess the the, yeah, the first one would be the Serval survival society it's you know what's um, you know what I'm sure what motivates you to do this podcast and your listeners to listen to your podcast um, and to you know to use your services is to increase their freedom they've recognized that 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 society is not one of freedom so that's the first realm um, and the second realm is um, the the way that i guess the, the simple way I put it now is um, yeah, the, the second realm is, um, you know, that I guess that parallel society that's, uh, you know, um, the po- I guess, uh, yeah, pockets of freedom where we can actually exercise our autonomy. Um, that's kind of the 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 long, it's, it, but it's based upon a lot of different, um, like permanent autonomous zones and temporary autonomous zones. Um, so I guess permanent pockets of freedom and temporary ones. Um, you know, speaking in terms of mobility. Um and uh, yeah and and I think one I'll, I'll point people the, the book is free the audiobook is out on the Vonnie podcast um, podcast feed um, but it's like it's I always say like it's the most important book I've written a book my book shit go read their book um yeah second realm book on strategy is the most important book um to read you know and like in terms of strategy um for sure and you know we're talking about all human institutions they talk about that talk about the importance of second realm culture um like having our own art and music and such that's focused upon um. That's like, uh, you know, foundation, you know, like encouraging and empowering versus the, you know, the mundane nonsense that you find, or even more, yeah, I guess the opposite yeah. of mundane, right? Some of it's really overt, you know, just garbage. So, um, yeah, it's, I guess all aspects yeah. of the human experience. Um, so we're trying to build, um, yeah, the, the second realm. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the concept of it.
0: It's interesting, yeah, because even arts, we we take, even, we don't really look at that, but, you know, music is, is massive influence and um, in regards to frequencies and how it works with the human brain um, you know it really touches into your ego a lot of the music so it makes you act in a certain way it's just it's just interesting where you know you can overlook that very easily Um, but that is again part of the holistic approach Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned actually before about uh, Acapulco so you lived in Acapulco Mm-hmm. What? How did you find that experience? Because a lot of people, I guess, who live in the US or Canada or wherever, they see Mexico as okay. You know, this is the place to be because there's a lot more freedom. Uh, the government doesn't have as much control in those areas. What is your, from someone who's lived there and has now moved to the US mm-hmm. back again, what's what's your experience been? A living in Mexico and B moving back, and what was the reason for moving back?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the way I got down there, I, I moved to, um, it was kind of 2018 was a really sporadic year. I, I, I made a random move, right, random decision to move to Austin, Texas to, uh, to move in with my co-host of the, the Vonnie podcast at that time. Um, so I moved in with him for a couple months and then he had a quick change of living situation and I had to find a new place to live in Austin, Texas, which is super effing expensive, um, you know, very quickly. So, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And one of my buddies, uh, Jason Henza reached out to me and said, Hey, I'll be, you know, stopping by Austin. Um, I can pick you up and you can come stay in Acapulco for, you know, come stay with me in Acapulco for a month and a half or a couple months and, um, you know, see how you like it. Cause he, he kind of saw it as a second realm, right? So, um, he wanted me to experience it. So I went there for um, you know, a month and a half. We lived, um, we didn't live in, I guess, in Acapulco proper, but we lived uh, down, I guess, down the road in, uh, in a town called Bonfil. Um, and, you know, a block away from the beach, it was, you know, I guess that part of it was just, it was it was, it was incredible, obviously, you know, relaxing uh, and invigorating, um and um, you know go into the, the central market which is you know a lot more gorgeous than anything you see. I mean you see dead carcasses, dead animal carcasses hanging up. You can go you know get a whole cow if you or you know get a whole lamb if you want to or whatever. You don't see in the in the states. So that was you know that was certainly unique. Yeah, I suppose. um, I guess I won't mention those 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 couple things. But um, I guess the the interactions with 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 coercers, bludgies down there, are a lot different than um, ones in the U.S. Um, So if you get pulled over, a lot of times you can pay a cheap bribe and get away, you know, without any without any issue. In some cases, you can even run away, and they don't even chase after you, and they won't even do anything. So. I guess like, so So I guess that's, that's one thing. We, we, we came across a, a toll booth and uh, like they had the normal toll, toll booth workers in there, you know, in the booths. But I guess the local cartel had taken over the toll booth and they were charging like a fourth less than what the, the toll booth was charging. So they, they, they were standing in front of the toll booth, taking the money and then the cops were on the other side watching it happen. And um well, just letting the cars yeah. through. So, I mean, it's you know, obviously that obviously like, yeah, armed cartel members, but they're saving us money on the tolls. So, I mean, take it for what take it for what you will. Um, and then, I guess the the reason I came back was I came back for the holidays, um, to to spend uh, spend time with my family. And um, I was going to go back for um, Anarchapulco, which was happening in February. Um, but in like I guess it was like February first, twenty nineteen. Um, a couple people that I, um, you know, friends of mine and Henza's, um John and Lily. Um, up in Acapulco, which I'm sure you heard about. It was on mainstream, you know, national news at that time. Um, they had uh, uh, they had someone, you know, shoot up at their house, and John and John got shot and killed, and Henza got shot and luckily survived. But, uh, <clears throat> so after that, I kind of decided I, I wasn't going to go back for Acapulco that quickly because I was, um, Henza and I were at that place, you know, where that happened, um, you know, multiple times a week. Um a yeah. lot. So if I would have been Acapulco, I probably would have been there with him. Um so I kind of I really didn't have um I'm not I'm not really afraid to go back, I guess per se, but I really just don't have any motivation. There's I don't really have time to travel at this point. Um, you know, managing the homestead and getting, you know, trying to get this this network set up. But uh um yeah, that's pretty much the the, the reason and my my I guess the the conclusion or I guess my my overall view now is I mean, it's it's just like Vonnie, like it's radical self-liberation, right? So if you're gonna if, the, if you're a radical freedom pioneer, you can find a lot of opportunities um, in Mexico, but you just have to be aware that, you know, there are obviously dangers that come with it too, as you know, everything does, right? Um, trade-offs. So um, as I know like Henza Henza still spends six months in Mexico, so it didn't scare him away. Um, he obviously doesn't live in Acapulco, which Acapulco is, it's funny, because you hear from a lot of like uh, anarchists that like, oh, it's this, you know, hub of freedom. You know how many like... Th- military was there, like the military would, you know, like there, there was a lot of cops, a lot of military. Um, it was a police state essentially. So um, like Acapulco itself. So um, we never had any issues in, in, in that, you know, Acapulco, but um, with them, but uh, Mexico City, Mexico City cops will um, try to extort you if you, if you look white. Um, just, just so you know, if anyone was going through Mexico, so we got pulled over twice in Mexico City within like five minutes um, by different cops. It was crazy. Wow but um anyway i guess that's the well, that's the the long and short of it
0: um yeah yeah it's, i mean it's a capital capital city isn't it so i mean they always they're always a little bit more you know uh, strict and they they have more resources in those areas so but it's interesting that you uh that you had that experience because i you hear a lot about the cartels and stuff and obviously they they do have more of the more control over there in a sense which has its positives, right? Because the government haven't got as much control, uh, but obviously the negatives, I guess, are that you know they are still doing some kind of coercion and control themselves, but probably actually a lesser mm-hmm. price uh, in regards to taxes. You know, you pay them for like protection, which they extort from you, obviously, like, just like the government, but probably cheaper. Uh, but yeah, this this is the reality in Mexico, I guess. Um, so yeah, let's talk about your yeah. homestead. Now, uh, how long have you been there? Sure. Um, how long did it take to set up? What What were the processes of, mm-hmm. of getting that set up? Why did you even decide to have a homestead? Uh, I know, obviously, there there are many mm-hmm. reasons. You can be you can be more self sufficient and not rely on any issues within food shortages or any government policies. You know, you're more self sufficient, right? But also, it does tie you down to a, to a specific spot. So, yeah, I just wanted to get your gauge on that mm-hmm. and what what your experiences are of having a homestead and um and yeah the process of of getting that done mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I guess just one, one final thing um, to tie up that last conversation. If people are interested more in the story, it actually came out on an HBO, H, HBO series called The Anarchist. So if you want to hear that entire story um, and a lot about the anarchist community on there, you can actually go watch it on HBO, um, which is strange. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, so, so The Homestead, um, like, I, like I said, I got back here uh, like February of 2019. Uh, my, uh, my, parent, my, my family's owned land out here for a long time. My family's lived out here for a long time. And um, I guess this this 22 acres is here. My parents bought it, I guess, back when I was like 16 or 17, thinking that maybe someday I'd want to live out here, which I never had any prospects of of doing even then. Um, I just kind of came back here to figure out, um, you know, what I was going to do next. And uh, I, uh, you know, got here and you know, kind of got settled in a little bit and tried to do a batch. My first batch of chickens which was just like six or seven, wasn't really you know big. So there's a chicken coop on the property already, so I figured I'd try it. Um, they didn't survive. I didn't get anything from the first first or the second batches and, and uh, for the, of chickens that I did. Um, but, um, yeah, that was, that was kind of the story. It was, it was kind of just sporadic and I I had, I had it, I I had it here and, um, and I just start I kind of started messing around with it. So, um, the, the chickens were the first, first venture, which was unsuccessful. Um, chicken coop isn't sealed up that well and the raccoons are very vicious around here. We lost, we moved over, uh, we moved over birds to a new bird area this year. And we lost like 20 ducks. We have a lot of birds, but we lost like, you know, 20 birds over the course of like a week or two, just to come in and, you know, get one or two and just thin it out. But, um, so yeah, uh, t- 2020 happened. And uh, I kind of, I just started, I guess, in 2019. Um, John and Lily and Acapulco had, had adopted a carnivore diet and they'd gone through major transformations in just a couple months that I'd seen them there. So um, I started making lifestyle changes and was eating a carnivore diet. And I was like, holy shit, meat goes out of, if meat runs out in the grocery store, I'm screwed. So I went and got some Lansing gloves. Um, so I guess that was not necessarily good, like do, doing things out of fear <laughs> isn't necessarily a good thing, but I'll admit it, you know, admit it here. Um, yeah. but it was, it was all for the best. It was all for the best. Um, so I, I got the, the first for lambs and goats and, um, kind of got my foot wet in that area. And then Henza came back and visited, um, in May. And, um, I just kind of had this inclination. Like, I want to see if I can have people out here for a festival called Voluntary Fest. See if people, see people out here to the homestead. Um, didn't think they would. Um, but anyway, a couple of months later, a month or two down the road and it turned into not just a, a, a festival, but a whole, um, a whole, uh, uh, dec- I guess, declaring my independence from America, essentially starting the free Republic of Pasnia, and, uh, ended up having like 20 or 30 yeah. people out here for the founders, for the founders meeting at the, Con- the constitution right behind me. Um, and we had, uh, you know, 20, 30 people out here to sign it. It was a huge, great event and, um, you know, really got, uh, um, you know, got, to, you know, the, the free, the free Republic, the, the parallel
0: society started how does how does that work how does that work Pasnia because i have a I have a, some questions in regards to like decision making in a community because I feel like if it gets too large um you disconnect from the decisions right so how does it work how do you guys operate there yeah
1: so um, just so I mean, it's kind of un, I mean so I guess the way that it started with the initial twenty or thirty people, um, the yeah so everyone out everyone that comes out to, to, to Veritas Pasini here is vetted um, by me personally. So the, a lot of these people that I've known for like five plus years have been going to the Midwest Peace and Liberty Fest for a long time. Um, so um, and that that is you know for you know, for large communities for large organizations, yeah, dispute resolution and things like that are huge. Like you got to look at those things because there's going to be you know humans get together, there's going to be disagreements. Um, but what I, I, guess the way that I forego that, cause that's a really hard problem, you know, libertarian anarchists have been writing about this, yeah. you know, anarcho-capitalists have been writing about, you know, the problem of DROs and private arbitration for like a hundred years. Um, so like I, it's, it's not an easy problem to solve. So I kind of try to forego that by, um, by vetting and, you know, associating with, um, you know, the right people, I suppose, um, is, is the way to put that. Um, so it's, it's not very, it's not a large community yet. I mean, it's, it's slow growing, which is the way that we have to do it and the way that we need to do it. Um, but really it's, you know, finding that, you know, one or two person here or there that, you know, jumps into the and Telegram, uh, you know, committee of correspondence um, and, um, and yeah, growing it, you know, growing it slowly and in that manner and, you know, people building up their reputation um, in the second realm, even, even digitally, it's not hard to, not hard to do. Um, but as far as decision-making, I mean, I, I, so it's, it's a decentralized distributed country. So like um, I call myself the coordinator. Um, I just coordinate things. That's all I do. Um, and uh, so, like, uh, it, it's, it's really just whatever people are driven to do, whatever their passion is, whatever they, they feel like they want to do for the Pasnia network, they can do. Um, so, as an example, a guy named uh, Josiah Warren, pseudonymous uh, Josiah Warren, uh, started the PASNIA General Bitcoin Fund, um, which is a, obviously a spoof on I'm sure you heard of like the general funds um, that states have. And it's basically just a big, you know, um, it's a big, uh, you know, slush fund for them to, you know, to, to grab money from. But so we, we, we copied that and we have our, our, our PASNIA Bitcoin Fund. And, uh, so, uh, I guess, uh, the past couple projects we've donated to, I think he, uh, he donated to, um, or I guess we donated to the, um, um, I guess a whistle, a whistleblowers fund. Oh, we, uh, I guess, uh, the fund provided money for, uh, someone to help start their homestead. Um, there's, uh, some bounties on, I guess, uh, on his float page, on the float page that he has, um, uh, where people, if people start like an aquaponic system, if they, um, you know, are, are, committed to, you know, starting a van, like a, a van nomad lifestyle, then we can help you with, you know, getting your van converted, you know, funds for that, um, so yeah, that was not my idea. I didn't. I didn't really have that idea. But mutual aid is important, and he came up with it, and, and that's that's the thing now. And I don't have any involvement with that. Um, I don't handle the funds. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess that's that's it. It's 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 uh, kind of uh, self directed. I guess you could say, um, autodidactic country in that yeah. sense. Where, um, <laughs> I mean, we know we we know what needs to be done. Um, and everyone that, everyone that joins the Paznia network has already forced, foregone the use of coercion so at that point it's just coming up with solutions which is what I guess we all really like to do so yeah
0: yeah that's the main thing isn't it um, so does it, does everyone live in the same spot like is in, in the same vicinity or is it a network at this point
1: um so uh I guess for, for speaking for Veritas Paznia here, um my so there's two people here, me, my wife, and then um you know a different another Pasnia lives here. Um but as far as the um the network, I mean it could be varying situations. Some people have, you know, as part of the Pasnia network, um which we're putting together a map and directory. Um, but I guess these things could range from you know like van nomad city squat spots. So if a tr- someone is traveling through and they needed a safe place to park, um, then those spots would be on the map. Uh, maybe guerrilla gardening patches for van nomads who are traveling and you know maybe want to stop and grab some free food, or uh, maybe they, maybe people can tr- plan their routes around, you know those those sorts of things. Um, and then yeah, self sufficient homesteads. Um, I guess, uh, health, you know, local health food stores, you know, places to get, you know, good, um, you know, good, properly raised, grass fed meat, um, like all those things. Like, I mean, that's all. That's all again necessary to the human experience. And um, if we're gonna have our parallel network, we have to have all access to all of those things. Um, so yeah, as as like, so no, it's. A, I mean, it's a it's a uh, location independent country. Um, so no, like, uh, but we're yeah. not in the same area. I mean, there's a, there's a so we're here. So Veritas Pasnia is ninety minutes, uh, I guess ninety minutes or ninety miles east of St. Louis. Um, there's a uh, there's a Pasnia out in Ohio there's a or I guess yeah, there's a I guess a, a map spot in Ohio there's one in uh, New York I saw a forum post in, about Pasnia uh, a in somewhere in Europe I don't really know much about it though cuz I don't have to know about it um, so yeah, I mean it's it's pretty much like people can just declare their independence, you know, join the PASNIA network, and um and, and I guess if, if in, in that sense if people are interested in joining it, um we are like I said we're we're putting together the map and directory, and the more that gets fleshed out, the better. Um because yeah, again, uh, like van nomads could you know go ahead and they could chart logistics. We'd have our own little, that's that's how we get our logistics and you know transportation network is by getting this map. People can visualize it and start planning, actually see the possibilities that are out there. So yeah, if anyone, again, location-independent, doesn't matter where the hell you are, um, if you're interested, then um, we'd, we'd certainly love to, to have you. So Pasnia.com forward slash join is the, is the form to, to, to fill out to join if you have like a, a spot you want to add to the map. Um, and then if you're, if you're a nomad or a traveler and you just want access to the network, um, then uh, it's pasnia.com forward slash join2 um, is the, the form for that. And um, basically, I'm just kind of accumulating those entries and getting the the map set up. and using Open Open Street Maps, and um, I just got to get it downloaded and hosted, and then it'll be really really slick. It just embeds nicely into the into the member side of the Pasnia site, and super super slick. So, um, yeah, I'd encourage people to, to get on board with that for sure.
0: Yeah, if we if we lost you at any point there uh, due to some connection issue, we'll we'll have all the links in the description show notes. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out because it seems interesting. It's a different, it's definitely a different way of doing things, and I, I like that it's more decentralized and location independent um, because you know these communities sometimes uh, it's very difficult to work right because of there's too many egos in one place and decision making is very difficult in those situations, uh, and it often becomes centralized decision making. So yeah, that's interesting. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, and I definitely urge you guys to just have a look at it and see if it aligns with you and see if that um, has any interest to you. Uh, Excellent. Going back to, I mean, this will be maybe the last topic before we close. You mentioned the carnivore diet. So I've had many, many uh, health guys come here on the show talking about the uh, benefits of not eating meat. Due to you know either biologically we're not made to eat meat, uh, and fruit, fruit predominantly and and vegetables give us the nutrients we need, and the protein aspect is basically another psyop. What are your thoughts on on that? Because obviously you're going you know head first the other way. What's your uh, what's your sort of um, thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so um, I guess I, I will say I, I did the, uh, I did no stale carnivore for pretty much up until, um, i even pull up a calendar to, to see when I maybe stopped. Maybe it was like, uh, I'll say like the end of 2022. I kind of, I guess maybe maybe more like the, I guess, harvest in 2022. Because um, I started working back in like squash. Um, yeah, squash and I can't remember if anything else, but mainly mainly type of squashes and watermelon. Um, I started working back in. Um, but uh, um, now I guess I, I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I'm not strict carnivore anymore. I still eat, you know, high quality. I, I still see a huge, um, a huge value and in, in necessity and in, in high quality animal nutrition. Um, so like I still eat, um, like I eat, I eat testicles, you know, once a month, usually I try to, um, for testosterone. Um, I, you know, obviously liver, um, liver is good. I like brain, um, occasionally. Um, but I mean, I'm working in, I'm, I eat potatoes. I, eat, you know, uh, potatoes now I'll eat you know, certain types of beans, um, I make my own, uh, I make my own organic bread, um, white bread for, um, you know, good delicious sandwiches. Um, so I guess the, where, where I'm more at now is it, it doesn't really, it's, it's less, I guess <clears throat> it's, it's, uh, it's obviously what you put in your body is important, but what you don't put in there is, is even more important. So whatever foods you're eating, just make sure that they're the highest quality that you can get, and you're probably not gonna have any issues. Um, cause you know, we're very, I guess I, we're, we're, I guess we're, we're pretty adaptive. Um, you know, in our in our physiology, as far as as far as I can tell, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I still I still do I still do see, um, yeah, I think there's there's certain you know hormones and enzymes and um, and like liver is so loaded with um, you know with uh, you know um, vitamins and minerals like you which you can't you can't find easily. Um, so I, I I definitely see a place for especially like so in in, in like in a different world where the, the soils aren't completely nutrient depleted. Um, I, I I would I would obviously like it'd be nice to put have to spend less effort on you know like animal husbandry and uh, you know be able to get a lot of those minerals and nutrients from you know from the ground. But um, now like uh, you know like nutrient upcycling with you know with beef or lambs, um, it's kind of necessary. And the other the other aspect too is like where I am, um, they still do conventional agriculture, so they spray bullshit. Um, Fungicides and stuff around, so the the lambs and you know the, the lambs and the goats they have a liver that processes a lot of that stuff, so it, does, it doesn't actually come to me. Um, and obviously, plants have their own filtering mechanisms too. But that's just an example. Um, yeah. So, um, see, so yeah, I guess I'm not as dogmatic as I was about it before, because um, I used to say, and I mean, I still I still would say like the vegetables you find in grocery stores here in the in the US um, probably aren't ideal, and I mean, they aren't found they aren't really found in nature, right? Um, but um, I but I mean like uh like so yeah as far as like the carn- the carnivore diets, um not I guess it's it's not it's I, I'm not really doing that anymore, but I I still um yeah, high high quality animal products is still a huge part of my
0: my uh lifestyle. Sure, yeah. I mean I've heard so much about the US uh, in regards to their stuff that they have in the grocery stores. I mean it's just insane. And then like I mean I was in the UK, quite similar actually. Uh very similar to what they have in the grocery stores. And we know it's all sprayed with BS and it's all got chemicals, the fruit, the veg, everything. Uh, Move to Europe. And I think one thing that Europe does have is I think they're a bit more food, uh, their nutrition on food is better, um, in my opinion, even though it is still in part of an EU, uh, you know, BS, centralized uh, authority. But I do think that food-wise they do grow a lot more organically, uh, in nature uh is it's the people's nature to do that, so I've found that a massive difference for myself being moving from the u k to the Mediterranean is that aspect for sure is is different and um you know we have villagers often pass by the house who are older because there's not many young people here they, and we're like new in the village and they'll just pass pass by with oranges this season because it's December. Uh, they were giving us oranges, uh, they were giving us pomegranates in, th- on, uh, in November cause they, that was the time of the year that they come out. So it's just an interesting aspect. Um, and they all grow them themselves in their, in their own, uh, lands, land plots. So they're very self-sustainable, Yeah, yeah and- um, mm-hmm. which is interesting. They, they don't, they don't do very well with finance over here though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I guess I, I was just gonna add that, um, you know, just speaking because so if you look back into the traditions like Ayurveda um, or traditional Chinese medicine, like there uh, with with food and eating too, like um, like you know, uh, yeah, so so like uh, food is supposed to change seasonally. Right? Like if you're eating with nature, the food you eat is going to you know depend upon you know where you are and what's available at that time. Um, so like. That's, that's the thing too, like eating, and this is why I still, I, I think personally, like, you know, the people who just eat like, um, you know, the feedlot steaks and, you know, eggs from the grocery store, um, like, I don't see that really as like it, um, like maybe for a time it could, you know, uh, may, maybe for a time it could, you know, reverse some deficiencies, but at some point it's going to have diminishing returns, um, especially if you're, you know, consuming so much atrazine, like, it, it, like just the terrible stuff that you find in, in conventional um, conventional foods. But um. I guess yeah, that that too. Like the for for a time, um, that that like for a time, my body really craved and it really wanted. It really wanted, you know, um, it will liver every week and it really wanted to eat brain every week. Like I I needed to do it, um, and because so I think I was I was I was restoring. I was you know um, fixing deficiencies that I'd you know uh, grown up with, and then and then it kind of changed, um, and I started to you know kind of be drawn towards other foods. And I guess that's 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 kind of that too is um, listen to your body and. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's more yeah, probably the most important thing.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I think the only thing with that is that for example, sometimes my my brain and body wants sugar. Well yeah. And yeah, yeah. it will crave chocolates and sweets and all kinds of shit. Yeah, uh, so it's difficult sometimes. But no, I get what you're saying. For sure high quality produce is important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, it's so important, and no one really understands that. I I mean, I'm, I'm a keen advocate for terrain theory. I believe that that's, makes more sense, to be mm-hmm. honest. I mean, we all know germ theories from, you know, it's making the pharmaceuticals millions and billions every, every time they create a psyop and then they, yeah, and, and you know, they can make, talk their, about
1: inversion, talk make their money inversion. and, uh, control yeah.
0: people, make people sick. Yeah. Blah, germs
1: blah, blah. and, so, so germ theory, you know, if you got to kill all the germs. Well, what do seeds do? They germinate. Um, So, yeah, it's like killing life essentially by like with the words. It's crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, man. Uh, Let's end here with any advice that you can give people who are just starting their journey um, to freedom, let's say, or they've, you know, let's say they've come across information, they kind of know what's going on. But they're not. Uh, let's say they haven't made that first step, or they've made one step, and they they want to take a full uh, a full path. Let's say to to freedom. What would be your sort of advice to them?
1: Yeah. Um- so really, uh, just o- overall, it's um, what I've said for for a number of years. Is, you know, the the name of the game is cutting ties to the serval society. Um, so whatever way, you know, one tie at a time. Um, and if, if you want, like, as a more practical example, if you got you know credit cards and mortgage and um, these things, like, don't look at like don't look at the mountain you have to climb because um, it's going to be like disheartening to see how much like to see how ta- how how tied in some people are to um, to the serval society. Um, But yeah, just one at a time, one step at a time, um, one day at a time. Make, you know, make, make liberation a habit. Um, make it where you're doing one thing a day, regardless, whether it's one super small thing or one, you know, big thing, it doesn't matter. Um, and if you look back on it, you know, five years later, you'll, you'll wonder, like, how you got to where you are. You look back and you'll actually see all the progress that you made. Um, see, like I was saying, none of this stuff was planned. Like, I didn't expect to have a 22 acre homestead with, you know, uh, with, uh, hopefully taking it off grid soon, you know, with breakthrough energy, um, uh, potentially, and, you know, building up an, a parallel network that's actually like, it's starting to come into, you know, it's starting to come into vision. Like, um, so yeah, I guess the, so, so um yeah, one step at a time. And I guess really the, the just, again, another piece of practical advice, financial independence is, is hugely important. Um, and yeah, uh, a lot of people had to do things they didn't, didn't want to do in 2020 because, or 2021, because they were reliant upon a paycheck from the Serval Society. So um, that's really one of the, the biggest controllers of of the first realm in the survival Society is, is that financial aspect right now. So start, you know, start, working on side hustles, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're feeling drawn to do. um, I mean, just, you know, go for it, do it Um, and start, yeah, start building, start taking steps and um, not everything might be, not everything will be successful. I just stop a lot of projects over the years, but you'll find those things that are, and um, they'll help you to get out, um, get out and get some, uh, get your freedom back. So, um, yeah, and I guess check out the Vonnie podcast. We've got it. It's, we've been going since 2016. Um, There's a bunch, there's a, a lot of episodes. Um, A lot of episodes. Um, But yeah, season one's philosophy. Season two is the practice of Vanu, um, only talking about stuff that Rayo talked about, solutions that he talked about in the 60s and 70s. And then season three is our permanently ongoing season where we develop Vanu and, you know, have really, really incredible conversations um, and actually, you know, building and doing things. Um, And, um, I guess I'll mention one other thing. We had our we had our first department of technology meeting last night. Matthew Raymer was there, along with like uh, Dave from Star9, Thomas Friedman from Pirate Box. We had just so many great people there, um, and um, yeah, I guess that we're. I mean, it's the I thought it was a big task, and it, I mean it's a big task, but I thought it was kind of an insurmountable one. But um, you know, um, there's yeah, building our own internet's going to happen too. So um, yeah, get involved with Padsian, join the Second Realm. I'll kind of end there
0: sounds good yeah sounds good it's interesting what you said about looking back uh is so interesting because while you're doing it you kind of feel like you're not making progress mm-hmm. until you look back year, in years at uh, what you were doing uh, a year or two or three so yeah that's the key is the small steps but make those steps yeah. and don't just look at the mountain uh, before you know it you'll be very close to the peak and you'll be looking down at like you know, a few years ago, you were you were at the bottom there. So, no, nice one, nice one. So, where where can people find you and your work?
1: Yeah, so uh, vonupodcast.com dot com v o n u podcast com um, is uh, for the podcast. Uh, for all things Vanu, uh, libertarianattack.com is our publishing outfit. Um, we all, we republish a lot of those old libertarian and Vanu scenes, made them paperbacks. Um, we've got uh, author clients who publish, you know, amazing, uh, amazing, you know, crypto agorist anarchist uh, uh, fiction like uh, Brushfire in 2048, um, or uh, 2048 being our newest, one of our newest releases. Um, and hashtag Agora, second round book on strategy. Those are all there too. Um, we also have ghost pads, um, and ghosts, uh, and ghost phones on the LU publication site. Um, so, yeah, books, privacy tools, and even Orr's Apothecary, um, some, you know, comfrey salves and things that we, you know, we produce and grow here on the homestead um, for, you know, health purposes. So, um, yeah, I guess, and then Paznia.com, P A Z N I A.com, um, to learn all about uh, the Psycho Realm Network currently under construction. With that, George, I appreciate uh, the invitation to come on, and, yeah, it was a great conversation.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much. Definitely check out um, all of those links. We'll have them all in the show notes. Uh, also check out our website, the Renegade, sorry, RenegadeLifestyle.net. And uh, remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and Vonu podcast as well. And if you know someone who will find this value uh, of value, definitely share it to them and uh, you know, share our both of our podcasts really uh, for valuable information to help. Uh, enlighten people to freedom and make those first steps. So yeah, peace and love to you all. Thanks for listening.